The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcasts belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And during the month of February, we will be highlighting conversations that I feel a necessity for educators, as well as the recognition of Black History Month. These conversations are sparked by photos and articles I've seen on Twitter about how not to celebrate Black history. The gist for anyone participating in Black History Month, not to come across as performative, it is important to understand the culture and experience of Black people in America. As some educators begin to celebrate Black history during the month of February, African-American males continue to face a bleak future in 2021. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, one in three Black men can expect to go to prison in his lifetime. Our guest, Assistant Principal Ricardo Bates, works extensively to change this narrative. Ricardo is passionate about mentoring students of all cultures, but understands that reaching Black youth during COVID-19 is a priority. He spent six years in education, advancing through the ranks from starting as an English teacher to his current role as an Assistant Principal. He's played college football at the University of Houston, There, he discovered that he has a passion for filmmaking and storytelling. So in this episode, we speak with Ricardo about his experiences mentoring African-American youth and also discuss how to get students to thrive when teachers build relationships with them and create authentic learning experiences. So like we always do at this time, let's collaborate, communicate and educate with the best educators in the world, right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I'm here with another amazing guest. I got Mr. Ricardo Bates. Sir, welcome to the show. How you doing, my brother? I appreciate you allowing me to come on here on this platform. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. So before we get started, let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. Uh, where do we start? Just try to keep it brief. I'm originally from Alabama. I came in Houston, Texas. I attended the University of Houston where I played college football there for four years. And now my path is a little bit different from the athletic realm. I'm an assistant principal and I, I'm a visual storyteller. I make films and documentaries and things like that now. Excellent. So this school that you that you work at, I used to work at that same high school. As a matter of fact, oh, you did? yes, sir. I, I don't know if y'all still say think like a act like a Bronco, think like a boss. I think that's what we used to say back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team no limits, full throttle. Man. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> and just to connect, some of my good people work over there. Man, I got to get a shout out to my boy Kerry Wright. That's my boy. He works over there. There's so many of the good teachers that was over there. Man, I really enjoyed myself when I was at that school. Yeah, it's uh, small world, man. Speaking of Coach Smallwood, that's my I forgot about Yeah, that. good people. Yeah. Good people. Coach yeah. Gay. I didn't know Coach Gay, but Coach Gay was a good dude. Like after I left, mm-hmm. I think he ended up coming in. And But yeah, man, so those are some of our old stomping grounds. And then we got something in common too. I think we had the same mentor, right? Yes, Dr. Michael Mills said. It's really interesting, man, because when I first encountered Dr. Mills, the English teacher at the high school, he's the one that planted that seed of saying, 
you need to pursue your masters and you need to look at transitioning to admin and allowing me to shadow him and answer these type of questions and work on projects. And it's just crazy that he's the one that planted that seed. And I look at where I'm at now and man, I thank him for, for doing that for me because I'm loving this. I'm, lo- me, I'm loving this side of education being on the admin side. Administration is, is made for some people. And then yeah. uh, some people just not so much. But a shout out to my boy, Dr. Michael Milstead, Hall of Famer. Just a little bit of background before we move on. Dr. Milstead is a guest host of this show, Emeritus. So whenever he's available, he can help guest hosts on this show. All right. This is Black History Month and we're starting off with the theme. And I didn't really tell you about this theme yet, but you approached when we talked on the phone. Basically, we talked about working with young African-American males. And that's a passion that we both share. So uh, why are you so passionate about working and building young African-American boys. That's for the obvious. I look like I'm an African-American a man, but I was an African-American boy at, at one point. And for two, somebody helped me in my life to put me on a straight path and put me on a straight and narrow. And we're still the best of friends to this day. You know, we carry so much as black people. It's just like you juggle and trying to juggle so much. You need somebody to help you navigate the, the, the cold realities of the world. And I think this is just my personal opinion. If you're not pouring into young people, man, like what are you really doing? <laughs> because they, they are for the future. So I'm truly passionate about helping young African-American men find their way, find their purpose. As an assistant principal myself, one of the main issues that I find with working with African-American boys is a lot of times when I meet them, they have already gotten into uh, what we like to call quote unquote trouble. They've broken some type of school discipline or whatever. What kind of methods do you use to, to approach them now they're in front of you? How do you reach out to them? Well, it's definitely not coming down on them because that's what they're accustomed to. That's what they're used to. So everything has to be from a point of love. Yeah. You make this mistake or you, you make poor judgment call but that does not define who you are man. like you got so many great qualities within. you just had to tap into it and channel that in the right way and that's the position that I take I'm not coming down on anybody I'm not nailing you to the cross because you made your life is not over because you, you have great from you and I'm going to come from a place of love see and using that approach you'll see like the guard come down it's like okay Mr. Bates really does care about me you know let me, and then from that the relationship builds and they open up and they come to you and tell you more and I've had plenty of kids that they have a heated moment and they just come to my office down because they don't want to get in trouble um, you say you start off as an English teacher how did you begin discipline patterns when students got in trouble in your classroom not just african-american boys but how, what was your discipline tactics as a teacher when you uh, had when students had to break your rules i'm always seeking to understand and getting to the root so we can rectify the behavior because if, if you're just putting gloss on something or you're just coming down on the kid and punching them oh, so you're going, to, you're going to repeatedly have the same issue or the same problem that comes up within your classroom or any other way, uh, uh, workspace or whatever. So it's always about seeking to understand, getting to the why uh, of why this kid was acting out or why this kid did this and attacking the problem, not the person. Yeah. This summer, a lot happened with African-Americans. We watched a man get choked out on TV. 
to death and uh, graphic. And our kids had to come to school and deal with that. And then we still had that culture of systemic racism that was in education to begin with. And I don't want you to speak specifically. I'm not trying to back you in the corner, but I was just say ever in your career were, were you when you went back to school, were you more aware as an administrator, as a black man, you came back to work and you got to be this administrator. And then you got like little Johnny coming in your office. The question is, is little Johnny acting out because he's now woke to what's happening or is little Johnny acting up because this house always been with little Johnny? I think not just, just not just black people. I think just seeing that, that George Floyd video, you have a conscious man. That should have struck a nerve in any person. I don't care what color you are. See, because that was the first time that was the first time you saw a video of the execution of a of a black man from start to finish. And and to hear and to hear those words of this grown man like calling out for his mama. Like how like how does that tug at your heart and you look at it, he looks like us. It's like, man, that could have been me in that situation. Not only are we experiencing that, but like we have to walk in with an extra backpack as well because as a black man, like we're sympathizing with this and that could have been us. But at the same time, you have these kids, they seeing what they're seeing what's going on and they're hearing the conversations within their own household. So I think people have a right to be angry. If you see something of that magnitude from start to finish, yeah, that definitely, you know, that definitely adds to why they would be acting out. But I don't think that's the true. That's not all of it, though, but it does add to it. What I noticed that when I went back to school and after that situation is that I think that everybody around me was more aware of how those situations can occur. Like using fake money to go to a store, to calling the police, to overreacting, to the police overreacting, to my man being what they thought was inebriated or whatever those cases are. People were very hypersensitive to that. And something else that was very hypersensitive in our community was people start to take a look at teaching practices and how they chastise African-American males. Did you got, did you notice that at all? Did you have that same awareness teaching and just, just not approaching instruction with that superiority mindset that was before we were all aware? I think in any field, any field that you're in, whether it's education, corporate, whatever, your experiences are going to shape what you portray outward. So whether that's the bias that comes in, whether that's whatever, like your experiences is always going to shape your beliefs and your personality. I'm going to speak for some assistant principals who are in certain neighborhoods where um, African-American males are automatically chastised or overly chastised for things that are not necessarily another person of another culture wouldn't get in trouble for. And so they're sitting in front of you in your office or sitting in front of me. And and we got to take a look at that educator. Has that been a more awareness around your educators looking at how they perform in the classroom when they deal out discipline for just people of different cultures? That's been that's been the ongoing discussion for years and not just in, in the Houston district, but nationwide as far as people of color being disciplined at three times worse. Like, this is disproportionate. Like, as far as you getting a higher sentence or whatever for the certain crime, like a white person commits a crime and a black person commits a crime and a black person receiving far harsher sentence and students in the classroom getting harsher discipline doing the same thing. 
So yeah, it's, it's definitely a parallel between two. One thing I noticed too, uh, being assistant principal was I'm automatically the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? So whether any student comes into the office, I am automatically the bad guy because I'm the one that has to give the discipline. Have you had that experience? And if not, then what experience have you had when you have to discipline all all types of students? That the title itself is going to like scare some kids. But again, that goes down to relationship building. When they know that you're not coming from that place of trying to discipline and more so trying to love on them and correct them, it works wonders to help to help them through and say, okay, you made this mistake. Why did you do it? Because of the root. Okay, let's work through those roots so this doesn't happen again. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Because if you just punish a kid, that's your first go to without thinking something. Like you haven't solved anything. <laughs> you have not you have not done anything like that 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 helped help that kid, that young kid be better in the future. And you're doing a disservice, quite quite honestly. Though. You're doing a disservice if you that's your first go to is to nail them. Yeah. Sometimes when we talk about equity and we look at discipline trees and we look at what is equitable for students, it seems that people go down this discipline route and and they feel that because I issued this punishment to this student and I issued it, then that makes it fair. But I, I totally agree with you. It's about building relationships and it's, it's the ability to allow the students to express themselves and to let you know why they are there. Sometimes they know and sometimes they don't. But I feel that that's a, a issue that's not always necessarily addressed when we talk about marginalized students to begin with. When did you become an educator and what was the deciding factor in order for you to start teaching? It's based on my relationship with my mentor, who's an educator as well. And he has his own school for African-American boys, Christian school, private school down in Montgomery, Alabama. And just, just being a witness to the transformation that, you know, the transformation that he placed upon the young man, like man, like that would be awesome to, to do something of that caliber and make that level of an impact. But yeah, uh, my my buddy when I finished school, my buddy was like, man, you'd be great to do this, man. He was coaching at the time. I was like, okay, let's make this, let's make this transition and let's get into the field of education. And I was started out first year in the classroom and teaching. Well, in the classroom teaching and coaching as well, and then that was a whole shock because that was like two full-time jobs and you're trying to get adjusted to two full-time jobs. And at the time I was currently, I had just got engaged too. So if I'm never seeing my fiance at the time or whatever. And it's like, you're getting home at the practice, getting home at six o'clock and you're like dead tired. And then you have to like, still make time for her. So it was definitely, uh, definitely a, a shock. But I look back at it now and that was years ago when I, when I jumped into it and now I'm on the other end. It's been a great ride so far. Yeah. I wanted to go though. I wanted to quit, man. I was like, and like especially when they was like, no, you laughing. I was like, when they was like, yeah, so we had the game, right? Uh-huh. Played the game Friday. And I uh, played the game on Friday. And then it was like, all right, so we're going to come up here on Saturday and break down the film and do all this. I was like, Saturday at 8 o'clock. And we were up in, we were up in here at 3 and 4 o'clock. I'm like, well, what? It's high school football. Like, it's not that difficult. And then it was like, oh, okay. So we finished on Saturday. And it was like, okay, we're going to come on Sunday. We're going to come over Sunday, man, after church from like one to five. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, so this is an international program and we're talking about American high school football in the state of Texas. That was grueling. But then outside of that though, we're like the taxing thing too. Like we had the Saturday film study. Some schools had the Sunday film study. But even then you had the athletic period. So you had to go from teaching, had to rush down to the field house, change clothes, 
go practice, and they had to put the same clothes back on, man. I said, man, these people have lost their mind. Texas high school football coach, you are a dedicated group. And coaches in general, anybody that's a coach, if yeah, you put your name down on that line as a coach, and I think it gives you a really good experience. You are also a filmmaker and a storyteller. That's really my, like my passion. So ever since I was like 12 years old, um, really good at writing. That's the correlation with me teaching English. Love writing, love reading. I remember when I was 12 years old and I, and I all remember the Titans and I remember watching them and I remember watching it differently. It was, I was like, oh man, I like the way they did this. I like the way they did this. I didn't know the, the technical terms just yet. But I was like, oh man, this is cool the way they did this. And I remember watching it outside of it being a powerful message. And I was like, man, that'd be cool to entertain something like that. Being from Alabama where football is king, like you, you play football. So you got to suppress, you got to suppress that passion in pursuit of like football because that's what guys did. You play football. But uh, once I got to Houston and I was doing the teaching and coaching thing, and like the urge and the desire came back. I said, let me do something. And so I started writing it out and I came up with my first documentary. It was based on my high school and our football team which was like a, which is like a dynasty in the state of Alabama for all these state championships. And I did that project and I was able to release it in a couple of theaters back in Alabama. And it did really well. All sold out a couple of nights. The whole city came out. It was a beautiful time. What I did was with that, I said, the cap went off. I said, I need more of this. That feeling of seeing, I mean, you saw your, you saw your, you tied on the marquee, like you ride in the city and you see it on the marquee, man, that's a great feeling. And then I said, okay, let me parlay this into something, something for real. Because at the time, I just had that one project underneath my belt. So I went back to the University of Houston. I went back to the University of College of Technology now. And I pretty much just pitched them. I said, hey, I see what you guys are doing. I graduated from this college, but you guys don't have any like branding videos or anything like that to like push your brand and what you're trying to do at this college. And I pitched them and they gave me an opportunity. And I'll, I'll always be grateful to Marilyn Jones who was the communications manager at the time over there for seeing something in me and giving me an opportunity. And we've had that relationship for five years where you've been doing videos for them. And then I took that from the the U of H thing and people word of mouth and people got my contact and branched off did engineering conferences and was doing commercials for people's businesses. And now I just finished up my second document. It was called Fruit. And fruit is based off of uh, Matthew seven sixteen, and it's uh, by the fruit you remember them. And again, it just goes back to mentoring and pouring into young people. Like how are you to remember what's the impact that you're making? And that project is done, and that project is about to be released this month. At the end of this month, they got a major release going on in Montgomery. So I'm really, really excited about that one. Excellent. We're definitely going to have to uh, link that into the article that we're writing here. And is there any way that, yeah. that we can see that? So what I'm going to do is like I'm doing a, we're doing a, a big release in Montgomery at the end of the month. And then in March, we're doing the Houston release. But it looks a little differently because there's only allowing so many people at a time in it. So we found a space that will allow a good number of people but if not, we are trying to push it on some, some digital platforms and all that stuff as well. Okay. All right, man. Hey, I'd love to look at that. Matthew 317, correct? Matthew 17. Where can our listeners find you at? I'm on Instagram, Ricardo Debate, Twitter, same handle, Ricardo Debate, Facebook, same handle. That's where you can find me. Uh, my website, www.batehouse.com.
Bayhouse.com. That's the name of my production company, Bayhouse Productions. Ricardo, thank you for coming on the show. This is going to wind us down. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and you have a great day. All right. Thank you, brother. Welcome to Flip Tips. Today's Flip Tip is how to get started with Flipboard. Very simple. I want to thank Jeanette Spire and Terry Porter for coming up with our Flip Tips for today. The first thing you want to do is download the app for your Android or iOS device. Second thing you want to do is you want to create an account. Make sure you add a picture and complete your bio. Third thing you want to do is you want to follow topics. There are at least 34,000 topics that you can follow. Next thing you want to do is build your magazine. Navigate to the bottom of your profile icon and then select the collection options. Give your magazine the title and you've built your first magazine. I want to give a huge shout out for Terry Porter and Jeanette Spire on giving us today's flip tips. Subscribe to our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine. Flipboard fam, thanks for sticking with me on this episode. I want to thank Ricardo Bates for talking with us about mentoring black youth and his passion of filmmaking. You can read more about this episode and other educators on our Flipboard Educators blog on Flipboard.com. I want to give another huge shout out to Aileen Laylor and Crystal Vanderboom for the editorials on the Flip EDU Educators blog. Hey, I really appreciate you ladies. Remember to subscribe to our Flipboard EDU magazine on Flipboard.com and share our podcast with an educator or colleague. Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, you can check out Ricardo's latest film coming soon, Fruit. Until next time, family. <laughs>